it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a crowd podcast. Right, so this is part two of our episode with Curtis Woodhouse. If you haven't listened to part one, then go back, listen to part one, and then let it stream on through perfectly into this part two episode with Curtis Woodhouse. But I said to him, do you know when you're a fighter? Less is more. That, that's the problem, isn't it? It's the blessing and the curse. Nigel Ben. I remember chasing Steven Gerrard and hiccuping and tasting Zambuca. Because that was what I dreamt of as a kid, becoming a world champion. But I think that fighter inside, you always think you could have done more. Let's get on with it. I'm George. He's Deck. Hello. It's the George Groves Boxing Club. What Curtis is saying there, George, about that feeling of winning that fight was what was required and just worrying about if you hadn't won, what that would feel like. Do you get that? Does that resonate with you with the Chudinov fight? Whereas if you hadn't won that fight, that would have been the fourth go. And then it's like, what, you go again? Do you ever think what might have happened if that fight hadn't gone your way? Yeah, for me, it would have felt eye on impossible to have gone again and been successful. But then I'm like, what else could I have possibly done? And I would have imploded. Like, I would have been on self-destruct. Like, I don't know what who I would have become if I didn't at that point. And I was already angry and bitter, like, with boxing for so many different reasons and so many times where I'd sort of hoped for more and fell short. So it's wonderful hearing your story. Like, wonderful hearing that and just hearing what your corner said to you, what Adamu said to you. Like, because sometimes... For me, I was that sort of fighter who liked achievable goals. I'd set myself loads of achievable goals. You'd be running around the park in the pitch black, you know, trying to get the weight off. And you're like, one more lap. Like, (laughs) rather than, you know, five more laps, just one more lap. And then you get round to go again. And then to be told three more rounds. And you're like, when you weigh it up against what you've done so far to what you've got left, it's nothing, you know. You've done. It's not the nine rounds the fight, like the nine rounds you've already boxed, or the camp you've already done, or the the falling short against, you know, killing yourself to make the way against Derry Matthews and the fights you've lost before, not being switched on in your football career, you know, having to suffer, having to be in those dark places, but it lets you know you're alive. And then, yeah, three rounds to go, you're like it's almost here. like thank God for that. You're like, yeah. yes, brilliant. And knowing wow. as well that that's what I'm going to be remembered for, no matter what. You'll always remember for winning the world title. And you know what's mad? I just remembered then, so I think it was a week or 10 days before the fight, we went on the track and we did 12 400-meter runs in under a minute. I didn't know Andy Lee was doing it and Nathan Cleverly. It was horrible. 
And I remember those three, three, so, sorry, 12, 12, 12 400. Four, so one lap yeah, in one minute, minute with one minute rest. Oh, and then just go again. Yeah. So the last three that we had, this is crazy how, how it pans out. And listen, it's maybe why Adam actually said that to me. And I had nothing left. My legs were gone. He said, you got three. He said, you might have three rounds to go and you need to win them all. You need to do these three in under a minute. And I managed to get through it and I got him. And so when he said to me, you've got three rounds to go, you need these three rounds. I'm thinking, well, I've done it on the track. So I can do this. I know I can do it. So for me, when I watch it, watch the fight back, which I don't watch it as very often now, probably twice a day now. <laughs> <laughs> but when I watch rounds 10, 11, 12, I know, I know what's in my head. And this is it. I, this is everything that I'm ever going to be remembered for. Imagine if I hadn't have won it. I always think that all the time. Imagine if you hadn't become a world champion. You wouldn't look at boxing probably the way you look at it now. Probably you can walk. I can, I, when I retired from boxing, I walked away like, yeah, brilliant. So many fighters that walk away with shattered dreams. I'm kind of at the other end of the spectrum. I'm walking away like, fucking hell, can you believe what I've just done? <laughs> you know, because I managed to fulfill or over fulfill my dreams. And I always feel sad for fighters that never, never get there because you invest so much of yourself as a boxer and you lose so much your health, you know, everything, time away. You know, every time you, you, you come out of a ring, you, you, you're never the same. You lose that little bit, you know, your brain scans. And I had a couple of scans where like my scans are not the same the way a, a year before. Every time you spar, you're taking a little bit of your life away off you. So then come out of it when it's all over and feel disappointed now it's all panned out. It's, it's sad. The majority of fighters leave that way, don't they? I don't know loads of fighters that walk out thinking, oh, what a ride that was. I loved it. Do you went on your fourth attempt? So you maybe think, you know, I could have been a three, four time world champion because maybe think you could have done more. But for me, I'm like, how did I manage to pull that off? So I, I feel I overachieved. So I'm one of the lucky ones. Mm. But I think that fighter inside, you always think you could have done more. But that ain't always the worst thing in the world. No. To, it's almost a bit of desire and a bit of hunger for something for whatever comes next. We know a little bit. You've, you've seen some stuff online. You're in the gym. You know you're now working with fighters and stuff like that. But if you if you do manage to end up setting a goal or being lucky enough to set a goal during your your fighting career and then achieve it, you can. It's it's your own fault if you can't walk away sort of content with, yeah. with your boxing career because it's tough and it's brutal. As you yeah, say it it's like it and it takes a lot long term. Takes a toll on your family because they have to make the sacrifices with you. What's the one thing you look back at on, on your career where you think my biggest thing where for me my biggest regret I'll just I'll just answer it for me personally so when I was a kid like I said I always wanted to play for Liverpool and England and when I was at Birmingham City we played Liverpool at Anfield and I'd been out all week before and I remember in the warm-up this is bonkers I remember in the warm-up thinking do not feel great here I remember chasing Steven Gerrard and hiccuping and tasting Zambuca but I remember sat on the coach after the game that was a moment of disgust in myself and I've not even had the decency to fucking turn up sober that was a moment where I'm like, I am done. That's like getting a world title shot and not even training. Well, what will people give to play at Anfield against middle of the park, head to head, you against Gerard, let's go. Been dreaming about this since I was a kid. Shake hands with Gerard after and that look in his eyes thinking, fucking, oh, he's, he's, a, good, he's a good player. Mm. That still nags away at me now. I want one more go. Maybe we can have a Vets version yeah. or whatever. I don't know. But that's that one thing where I think... I've got to be honest, I don't think I've got any stories where self-sabotage, but yeah, of course, like... I can torture myself and go, oh, I wish I won that first one against Froch. Definitely wish I won the fucking second one against Froch. <laughs> yeah. Because I know what would happen then. I would have fought Kezer at the end of the year. I would have boxed Degout Wembley stayed in the following year. I would have beat him and then I would have boxed this one. And then only got to do half a dozen defences. I'd be a, I'd have more money than Anthony Joshua and then I'd fight Canelo and I'd probably be up to heavyweight. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, options are, are endless, you know, because 
if I had come out on top and Fox won and retired and then nothing came until Joshua but essentially if I had won then it would be my job to maintain that's that that's your time mm. got the perfect dance partner in James Degau it'd be a tough fight it will we'll sell it it will go it's a rematch boom then but there's too many options there's too much to think about and you drive yourself crazy with it yeah, yeah. you really, you really yeah, would yeah. But when I'm in my dark places, Curtis, when I've lost in the third world title attempt to Badu Jack and I'm now deciding do I actually want to box? Now, you know, going on them sweat runs and the weight's getting harder to make and but I'm not moving up now. I've got to, I've got to do it here and here and now. And you are thinking, oh, all these would have been, could have been, yeah. should have been. But then it really only ever focused me more on, oh, just win that world title, just win that world title. Yeah. Just win that world title. And it sort of brought me around full loop because that was what I dreamt of as a kid. You know, I dreamt of becoming a world champion. And then you grow up and you want like everything else, don't you? You want, <laughs> yeah. you want, you want to, you want to be famous. You want to have cars and houses and money and holidays. All, all the flash stuff. But then it comes back around. You're like, fuck me, I give it all up now. That just, one thing, just for the belt. Yeah, million percent. But I, do, I do maintain that's the only reason why people like you can achieve in a sport like boxing is because you could never sit down at the end and be like, yeah, I did everything. That you'd always be like, oh, I could have done more though. Like Darren Barker, when we had Darren in, won a world title. You know, he's what like hold him up as he did everything that he set out to do, and he did it in style and all that sort of stuff. But he still would be at the end of it, be like, oh, I could have done more though. Yeah, could have done more, and yeah. that's why normal people don't achieve in boxing because don't have that you just might be satisfied every now and again but you boys aren't that that's the problem isn't it? it's the blessing and the curse i always looked at boxers like superheroes me when i won the british title and i looked at the list of former british like welterweight champions and then like my name's on there stands out like a mm. soft thumb went and bought a cape <laughs> yeah yeah there's some like incredible fighters that have won it and then my name's there and i'm just like Mm. Did it's you just sit in the pub the with the belt on? Did the same guy yeah. come over yeah. and ask you, did you, you know, get 200? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got a brilliant story of that. So the day after, I went into uh, my mum's pub, the Falcon. The place was absolutely rammed. It felt like there was a million people in there and the fight was on. So they put the, the replay of the fight on and everyone was watching it like it was live. And everyone was like, go on, go on. <laughs> it was amazing. Probably the best day that I've ever had out, like drunk, partying, music was on, fight was on. It was amazing. It was just brilliant. Uh, the press were down there and everything. Then obviously, fast forward six months, I go to Scotland to box Willie Limond and I lose the belt. <laughs> Commonwealth title on the line. Commonwealth well. title, yeah. yeah. So I've gone in the pub the day after. <laughs> the <laughs> Falcon. <laughs> in the Falcon with my best mate, Wardy. So we've walked in. He's opened the door. Literally seen some tumbleweed. <laughs> there was me, Wardy, and my mum stood at the back. No one gave Stick a shit. Stick the fight on. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Put the British title on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Going back to that. It was brilliant. Did you know what? Just so when I left football, football hurt me because when I left, I realized that nobody cares about me. I thought some of the managers cared about me and I realized no one gives a shit about me. In boxing, I already knew the crack. So when, when I went in there and there's no one in, I just laughed. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. No one cares, but I already knew anyway. So I was already prepared for life as a sportsman. I knew that no one cared. I knew outside of my little bubble, no one gives a shit if I win the British title or not. So it took a little bit of pressure off when I'm doing that ring walk. Deep down, I'm like, 
No one cares really about this. Just go and do my best. As long as I could come out of there thinking, you know what? I've done my best. That's all I was bothered about. You know, it's not like on Twitter. No one cares. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not real life. You know what I mean? It, it is what it is. Do you know what is real life, George? It's the best feature ever that we're about to do. But before we do this feature and it's you two against each other. Okay. Couple questions. Quick fight-ish. Yeah. So you retired. In the end, you, your record was 24 and 7 with 13 inside the distance. Now, what was better? Stopping someone scoring a goal knocking someone out is it oh, the knockout is, yeah. is the one because you know when you score a goal it's like I mean I never scored one for Sheffield United but it's, it's like relief relief. that's what I think is the key thing you know it goes in like oh fuck it went in yeah yes. yeah and then you celebrate yeah is it the same feeling when you knock someone out when you chin someone yeah definitely and it always, it always was for me because I, I was never any good so I never like <laughs> I, I never went into I could never go into fights thinking I'll just have yeah, a nice easy. little yeah, yeah. jab and move every fight I went into no matter how good or bad you were ended up being a war <laughs> 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 I never like slid my way into a nice easy six rounds decision so every time I stopped someone I was like oh my god thank god that's over that was close you know what I mean so yeah knocking someone out for me was like just, just a buzz yeah. you know when your fist lands on the chin oh, sometimes what? you just know what the mandible portion of the cradle oh, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> is it the same when you when you when you kick the ball yeah. do you know, you like, know. as soon as you Sweet. you're like oh that, that that's, that's, that's yeah. stayed hit yeah, yeah. Stayed. but when same? you land that right hand sometimes you don't need to watch them go down you just walk to a neutral <laughs> corner because you yeah. know so when you hit that volley you don't need to look where it's going you know what was the training was the training harder for football or harder for boxing boxing yeah yeah yeah. Well, as a footballer and a talented one you could do it at your own pace kind of yeah and, and also we're, we're playing Saturday Tuesday mm. Saturday really you don't it's just maintenance when you're footballing whereas you know boxing you normally come back in you haven't been in the gym for four weeks you're fat fighting in eight weeks it's wham 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 it's, someone's punching you in the face yeah exactly mm. yeah it's hard emotionally boxing's hard as well because and I said this to a kid I'm, I'm training the other day. I said, you know what? For me, it was the hardest part of, of boxing was going back home after I'd had a going over by people that were not very good, going back to my family, knowing that I've sacrificed our financial future on my dream that they don't even care about and knowing I'm not very good. And I've just been beaten up by like Daniel Thorpe, who was a journeyman who had seven wins and 140 losses, who used to absolutely tear to me, inspiring every single time. And I'm thinking... <laughs> Was that in that Rotherham gym of yeah, uh, Coldwell's? Yeah, yeah. I was up there for like three days. Pain cave. It was hard, yeah. Mm. You know, I went, I went, That's just Rotherham for you. One, one of the first people I ever sparred was Daniel Thorpe. And I went into Dave's gym and I jumped in and I sparred Thorpe. And he was hitting me with combinations, right, that you can't even throw on computer games. You know, like when you press all the buttons <laughs> and they do like a special move, like... <laughs> he was hitting me with everything. And we did four rounds and I got out. And at this point, I knew uh, Dave trained a couple of British champions. So I'm thinking that must be one of the British champions. <laughs> so, so I got out of the ring and I said to Dave, fucking hell, Dave, he's good, isn't he? He, say, he, said, uh, he says, yeah, I'm having a few problems with Thorpey at the minute. I said, all right, so he said, fucking hell, the border on his back. He's not going to fight for two years. Years, so they're trying to take his license. I remember sat there <laughs> thinking, like, no one you're trying to style it out a little bit. Oh my you know, I'll give him a license. I'm like, what is it, has he been injured? Or he said, like, no, he's lost like 17 in a row or something. So the border after taking his license. I'm like, ah, right, nice. <laughs> taking my gloves off, but back to my wife and kids thinking, like, oh my god. I did get Thorpey back. Did you? A few years later, <laughs> I spied him over in Sheffield. I seen him, he was in the gym. I walked in. Core is like a kid in a sweet shop. <laughs> I was like, get it. Get, get in there I dropped him about five times <laughs> yeah I didn't forget yeah he's got a license now though. so what so okay who first of all best player you ever played with and I, I saw on Twitter the other day you tweeted that Joe Cole was amazing but who's the best player you ever played with ever you shared a picture of him in your team or against him whatever and 
the best person you ever shared the ring with, again, a fight or a spa, who's the sort of best of the lot. Can you remember me and you sparred? Uh-oh, this happens every fucking pod because he I'm never sparred. remembers anyone. It's on YouTube. Oh, was it? Yeah. Is it? It's on YouTube. Okay, we'll dig that out for the socials. Is it in Cyprus? No, it was in was Dave's gym. in Cyprus a lot? I was in Is Cyprus Dave's a lot, gym, yeah. yeah. It was in Dave's gym. Yeah, there's about a minute and a half footage. I think I've just nicked that as well. So when George won the world title, I showed my kids. I'm like, look at dad playing with the world champion. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we had a little white spa. So what, um, you were you were light welter at that point? I was a light welter. Yeah, yeah. And you're super middleweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, well, I don't think George was. Gym, yeah. yeah, so I fell out with Adam, which was happened just all, all the time. <laughs> uh, and he's like, go train with Dave Carwell. I was like, yeah, all right. And then um, Rob from Jim weren't far from where the GB setup was. Yeah. So yeah, I just feels- stayed in this hotel that I used to stay in for GB and just drove to back and forth from the gym, had Nando's two days. I was thinking, it's going to be a tough new life. This. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? uh, and, the, and his gym was hard and he, and, he, yeah. and he used to work you hard. Like, And it was a bit of a shock to the system because we trained really hard as amateurs and then under Hayes rain it was easy you know I mean? yeah. <laughs> it was like what, 10 minute of treadmill stuff you know what I mean? um, and yeah we came up and was Ryan Rhodes in the gym Ryan Rhodes yeah, Ryan John, John Watson was in there remember John the scouser yeah he, he signed with you his... sparred him he can't remember <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you sparred then yeah, me and George. So you, is that yeah. you saying he's the best? The best you've been in? No. Nah. <laughs> Thorpe. Uh, there's so many. You, you know, like I said, there's there's so many fighters out there that I've sparred that are like have absolutely like tied me in knots. I'd probably say that the the one that shocked me more than anything was Ricky Burns. So I went up and sparred a week with Ricky. Three-weight world champion. Yeah. Mm. I went and sparred a week with Ricky Burns before he boxed Michael Katsidis. So they brought me up because I was a strong pressure fighter and I was, at the time I was fighting at welterweight. So I'm three weights above Ricky. They paid me a thousand pound a week. Mate, I'm like, I'll stay the whole month. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're going to move in. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, this is the easiest grand I've ever made because Ricky's not a puncher. So I'm like, he's going to box me ears off for a week. So I went up there, mate, I can't believe how hard he punched. It's okay not being a knockout artist at world level, but you drop him down to like my level, this kid had rocks in his gloves and he's super fit. And he, he we, I think- Was I did, he lightweight at that point? Or super feather? I think, no, was, like, I think he was super feather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think we did six on Monday, six on Tuesday, six Thursday- Suddenly that ground's not looking that good, is it? I'm like, mate, I've massively underpaid it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But mate, he was good. Yeah. Mega fit, yeah. Just every, he was good. He hit hard as well. Good body puncher. He's probably right up there. And and player, best player played with on the pitch. With or for or, or with you. Gerard against, yeah. definitely. Yeah. You felt that class. Just, just a monster, mm. yeah. I can't believe how big he was either. You know when you stand next to him, you're like, fucking hell, he's a unit. <laughs> we try to win a header here. Yeah, you know when you've got an hangover, you, you, <laughs> you see him next year. <laughs> so Gerard against with... How good was Joe Cole in that, those days, those England Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Was he, yeah? Yeah. It was like a... So we were like under 18s. So it was like a man playing against under 14s at school. Like, it was that ridiculous. You know when there's that one, someone stands... Yeah, that yeah. much. He was like... So I, I thought he was going to go on and be like Diego Maradona. So to say he underachieved is very harsh because yeah, he, had, he won he won Premier League titles. Yeah, yeah, he had an yeah. unbelievable career. But when I seen him at say seventeen, I thought this kid was going to be like the best in the world. Okay, well we're going to test both of your football knowledge. I reckon Curtis is yours pretty solid, pretty sound. Yeah. George's maybe not so much. Tell you what, let's have a little breather and then we'll come back for for the feature best one we've ever done. Hey. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So, we're back in the room, and it's feature time. So, Curtis, every week we have a feature. It's a quiz, usually, of some some description. George usually writes them, but I've written this one. Okay. We come up with a name, and to be fair, there would have been ample opportunities, pun-wise, with Woodhouse. Easy. But... Box to box, the name of your autobiography couldn't be beaten. Box to box. We love a word smash here, and we're going to do a footballer and boxer word smash. You get two questions. One of them, the answer is a footballer. One of them, the answer is a boxer, and they they go together. For instance, this is your example. W, current WBC cruiserweight champion and former Arsenal and England midfielder, Badu Jack Wilshire. So yeah. Kurt is looking worried now. He's like, oh shit. This is like that, Tommy turning up at the gym again. How did you know that was Wilshire? Did you know that before? He's the only Jack I know who plays football. No, it's not on the paper. He's the only Jack you knows. You can I'll be I'll be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be totally okay. honest. Some of these are fucking inspired, like really good, and some of them are shocking. Like a bit of poetic license. Okay. Some of them are easy. Some of them are not as easy as Badu Jack Wilshire because luckily Jack is a son as a first name, so that fits nicely. Not all of them do, okay? Right. So Curtis, do you want as the guest we always say, do you want to go first or second? First. Okay, first. Straight out of the former Tottenham and England midfielder who was often referred to as Sick Note because of his many injuries. Yep, Darren Anderson. And former WBC Cruiserweight champion from Liverpool who beat David Hay twice. Oh, uh, Bellew, Tony Bellew. Darren and- Anderton. The Bellew. You're clutching a bit with that one, Yeah, you? a little bit. But uh, look, if, that, if that's bad, then fucking you wait All for right, some okay. of them. I get it. But right, you okay. on the book, I mean, okay. you got them wrote. So Darren yeah. and Tony Bellew. Right. I mean, come on, okay. no, we've had worse, haven't we? Yeah. George, you're up. Really? Can I get a point for that? Though? Absolutely. Yes. One point. Right. If I had a pen, I'd mark it down. We'll just remember it. George, attacking Brazilian fullback, a master in dead ball situations, once scored one of the most outrageous free kicks in history in yeah. an international against France. Former Scott Quigg opponent who lost his WBC featherweight title during an attempted unification last year with Shakur Stevenson. Right. Uh, <laughs> Roberto Carlos. Lost. 
former Scott Quigg opponent. Nah, I'll pass. If I told you his first name was Oscar, and I was just going to do Bella Hoya. Valdez, Valdez. Valdez, Oscar, but you ain't getting a point there. Roberto Carlos Valdez. Yes. That's good, mate. That's, That's good. good. Come on. Yeah, so 1 0 to Curtis. So here we go. Former WBA super middleweight champion who won the world title in his fourth attempt. A rapid Dutch winger who spent three memorable trophy filled seasons with Arsenal between 1997 and 2000 before securing a big move to Barcelona. Grovermars. <laughs> <laughs> George Grovermars. I was proud of that. 2 0 Curtis. Right, here's a good one. Japanese monster who has won world titles at Lightfly, Superfly, and Bantamweight. Manchester United's all time leading goal scorer. Inoue Rooney. No. Inoue Rooney. <laughs> What's his surname? Inoue Rooney. Oh, that's what I said. <laughs> You're so close. <laughs> yeah, in, I don't know if his first name Nayoya is his first name. Inoue Rooney. Inoue Rooney. <laughs> yes, I'll take it, George. He's on the board. Right, oh, this one is fucking brilliant. Boys, you're going to love this. Legendary Manchester United goalkeeper known as the Great Dane. Former world heavyweight champion who was beaten by George Foreman the night Big George became the oldest heavyweight champion in history. Schmeichel Amura. Yes. So <laughs> what's his boss? Give me it, the whole thing. Peter Schmeichel Amura. Easy. 3-1. <laughs> Thank you. Jesus. Everyone's favourite journeyman who recently retired in order to pursue a life as a referee and he boxed Curtis Woodhouse twice. Oh, so we go boxer first this time. Boxer okay. first, yeah. Could be anything. Lost both times, just. Yeah, and the Argentinian who has just been appointed as Chelsea's new manager. Luis Van Pochettino. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it, right, lovely. You're back in this, George, 3-2. Pressure's on here. Cultured Frenchman who spent five years at Newcastle, developed a reputation as a one of the best free kick takers in the world thanks to an insane left foot. And the only man to ever beat Sugar Ray Leonard at welterweight. Roberto Roberto. <laughs> Durant, do, do you know it? Yeah, Durant, Durant. <laughs> Any ideas? Nice. French, Lauren Roberto oh, Durant. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. remember him? Yeah, what yeah. a player. Right, George, you're back in this. Britain's one and only Dark Destroyer. Legendary South African striker who made a splash at Porto before signing for Blackburn Rovers in 2006. Nigel Ben something. He's something. <laughs> nah. Give up. Nigel Benny McCarthy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're having that? Oh, yeah. Right, Coach, you could, I think you could secure the bag here if you if you get this right. Fearsome Dutch striker who is regarded as one of the greatest finishers ever after trophy-laden spells, spells at Manchester United and then Real Madrid. Got him. A 66-10 and 10 legend from Pensacola, Florida, who won world titles at middleweight, super middle, light, heavy, and heavy. Rude Van Nissel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> you missed a Roy. Oh, no, 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 no. Rude Van Nistel Roy Jones. Yes. yes. Well, that's insurmountable <laughs> 4-2. But George, see if you can get this one. This one's harsh, but it's your up your street. Yeah. Diminutive Italian striker who is considered a true Chelsea legend. Oh, Zola. Yeah. Player. London-born cruiserweight who was beaten by Cone. Enzo... Oh, no. No, who was beaten by Enzo Macronelli and had four fights with Marco Hook, but lost three and drew one. Gianfranco Zola, Afalabi. Yes, it is. Who would have put four, three? Well, it's not enough to win, but that's a really good effort on the last one. Well done, George. <laughs> box to box. Very well done, coach. You just can't Thank can't you. stop winning. Can't yeah. stop winning. Speaking of winning, you have 
a heavyweight. You're currently training. Anyone who follows you on, on social media will know about this guy. And so you're in the sports too. You're coaching guys and you have a heavyweight. You have a number of boxers, but does that keep you busy, keep your, your eye in and keep you involved in the sport? And do you, is, do you like that? Yeah, no, I love it. And uh, like I said, loads of people retire from boxing. They don't ever want to have anything to do with boxing again. You know, I, I'm, I'm the opposite. I retired with a real warm feeling about boxing. So yeah, to try and coach and, and, and help a few of the fighters is something that I'm passionate about. Got a good eye for it. I think what helps me is because I started from ground zero and I wasn't any good, I had to learn how to navigate blocking a jab, you know, slipping a right hand, all the real basics. So, because I had to learn them from scratch myself, I think I, I find it quite easy to be able to teach because I understand it probably more than a kid who could naturally walk in and all of a sudden throw uppercuts and hooks. That wasn't me. I had to break it all down and learn it all technically. So, I really enjoy it. And yeah, I've got a heavyweight that I'm working with now. Who, What's uh, his name? He's called Adrian King. Oh, that's a great name. Adrian the Next King. Oh-ho! That's what we're calling him. Yeah. So, I don't know, this sounds crazy and I maybe shouldn't say this on such a big platform. Do it. But I honestly think this kid's going to be a future heavyweight champion of the world. Oh, you, said it, you said it here in June 2023. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, think, I think the kid's got every chance. He's, he's already a lump. He's only 18 years of age. Six foot six. Weighs 16 and a half stone at the minute. And... He's only just started shaving as well. So he's, he's nowhere near his full development. His brother's six foot 10, so he's probably still got a bit of growing to do. But just to watch him progress from where he was when I first kind of met him at 14 years of age to where he is now, is just a testament to himself. And I'm really excited to, um, to watch his future develop. He'll be turning professional this year. And I'm, I'm looking forward, but really slow with him because he's nowhere near what he could be. And I, I think, some, especially with heavyweights, I think when you get them early at a young age, you've got to take them at the right pace because if you push them too quick too early, you can break them. By the time this kid's 24, 25, in the heavyweight scene, he'll still be a baby. Could be an absolute monster. And you'd be mentoring him properly. Keeping him on the straight and narrow, yeah? Yeah, he won't be uh, he won't be living how I used to live, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> but if he does, I mean, what we're going to do is six foot six. I can't, I'm not going to be able to tell him anything. Keep him poor. <laughs> keep him poor. Yeah. So keep him honest. You know what? I, I said that to him the other day. I'm sorry to go off on a tangent, yeah, battle, but I said to him, do you know when you're a fighter, less is more. Because as soon as you start getting more, human nature, you start to take your eye off the ball a little bit. And at the minute, he hasn't got anything. I says, the longer you can keep it that way, the more he's going to want to come to the gym. There's a big difference between wanting something and needing something. And I think the longer you can keep people needing it, I need it. I've got to get out in the morning and do this because I need it. Yeah. That's a big difference between, well, yeah, I'd like to be a great champion of the world. If you need it, that's why, you know, you see these Mexicans coming over, keep beating all our fighters up. Have you, have you ever been to Mexico? Yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, don't bring Recently. Up. Yeah. <laughs> I, went, I, went on, I went to Acapulco. My friend got married about- Did you go loco? About, about, yeah, about 20 years ago. We were told like, don't leave the hotel. We went, we went out to play golf. So we drove through some of the places around that hotel. I've never seen poverty like it in my life. And you kind of get an understanding of why these people are so tough. And this guy's trained with Cobble in Rotherham. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's why the Mexicans won't go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No offense to anyone from. Yeah, big up Rotherham. So a couple other things you got on. First of all, of course, it starts Monday. Yeah. So this is like your diet movement on Twitter, and a lot of our listeners will. This will, you know, their ears will be going up now. Just tell us about that, that how it started, and where we're at now with it. Well, it started in lockdown, really. Yeah. So the first, the first lockdown, I celebrated my fortieth birthday. In my first lockdown, I loved it. It was amazing. I was really busy, so it came at a really good time. And last six. <laughs> month break I thought this is amazing second lockdown I struggled like mad I found it really difficult to 
get out of my bed. And I've never had that feeling before of whew, a little bit lost here. I had no kind of direction of what to do. Put loads of weight on in the second lockdown. And I put a tweet out saying, I need to get rid of some weight. So I've linked in with one of my friends who worked in my boxing gym at the time. He set me up um, a diet plan, a food plan. I'm just going to do it during lockdown, see if I can get rid of some weight. Did you just look at my belly then? <laughs> George had a little sneaky so thing. It's not fucking working. So it's not working, it? mate. <laughs> fucking second lockdown. You've been about two years, mate. I was saying, if it works, I'll jump on this time. Yeah, but, and then somebody sent me a message on Twitter saying, oh God, I, I'd, I'd love help like that. So I said, well, why don't you jump in our WhatsApp group? The guy was from London and we're both there uh, from uh, the Hull area. So I said, well, why don't you jump in our WhatsApp group and jump in with us? I said, direct message me a mobile number. And I'll add you now and three of us can jump in a group. So he did. I went to bed, woke up the next day, turned my Twitter on. I had 92 direct messages saying, how do I get into this group of yours? So I'm like, okay, what group? I didn't really, I thought, what group's he on about? And then I thought, oh, the group that I was on about last night. I said, well, I haven't really got a group, but why don't you jump in our WhatsApp? I set up a group of five. Five went to 10. 10 went to 50, 50 went to 100. Then we had people all over the United Kingdom in all these groups. We have groups of 20 or 30 and they're all, you know, we call it mind, body and soul. So within the groups, we've got PTs, we've got mental health advisors, and we've got people who do like food plans, nutritionists. We've got at the moment 4,275 people all in separate groups all over the United Kingdom. We've got people in Australia. We've got three lads in Tokyo. It's bonkers. It's absolutely crazy. <laughs> and I think what's great is people don't know each other in the group. So you don't feel judged. And so if people want to see that, that's on Twitter at It Starts Monday. That's Slide what? into my DMs. Slide. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of your output on social media, you're also now on YouTube. Some very controversial videos on which did really well in what, certain what, areas. What do you class as controversial? Because here we go. <laughs> be, be, because a few people have said what you just said. I don't think any of my videos are controversial. All my videos that I put out are factual truths. So if you want to look at that as controversy, then I don't know. It's just yeah, maybe that actually good point. Maybe that's the, the actual definition of non-controversy. If, yeah. if it's factual and what you're Shooting saying is down the, down down yeah. the line. Yeah, well, it's all true. So what was the what was the th feeling behind the YouTube channel and what and what's the vibe there? When where could people see it? Yeah, so the I don't even know what my YouTube link is. So <laughs> that's I'm, a good I'm, start. I'm not good. Yeah, just, just type my name. Slide his DM. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'll hook you up. I just felt I wanted to talk on a few different subjects, and I find like once you're kind of semi in the public. Guy. a lot of people kind of seem <laughs> to speak a lot for you so I, I just felt there's a few things i wanted to talk about i spoke about like I, I did i did one video about my earnings during my boxing career which went down really well people couldn't believe how little i earned spoke about a football career i spoke about relationships with promoters and managers spoke uh, quite a lot about the connor ben situation which i think is a real issue i think once once you kind of let one slip through the net where do we end it's just my opinions on, on certain things. We have we the book as well. Did we mention the book? At the oh, start? of course, yeah. That's another, it's, another uh, that's way available. To, I mean, yeah, yeah. if you don't want to consume Curtis Woodhouse via, you know, his YouTube channel, which sounds like you really should. Yeah. Obviously the book as well, which you And we, we kind of so glossed over Yeah, and we kinda of glossed over I mean it's honestly it's an amazing story and like and you say you haven't even read it yet. No. But that's it's available box to box. Box to box. Written by yeah. Benders, by the way, shout out Benders, good mate of mine, missed that guy. But yeah. it was a great a great job the pair, pair of you did on that book. Because a lot of things I spoke about about my childhood in the in the book. I've I, it's just something I've dealt with over time and I don't really discuss. Never really discussed it since never really discussed it before so it was nice to talk about that get get a few things off my chest get a few things out in the open and also what i found is once once i wrote the book i put it all in there 
I didn't hide anything in the book. You know, I feel completely at ease and that's a great place to be. And you don't leave anything off the table. No, it's, it's all on there. all in there. Yeah. Well, there's one thing that's probably not in the book that yeah. we want before you leave. We ask every one of our guests, Curtis, to give us their Ringwalk tune to add to our playlist. So it could be the Ringwalk tune that you had. You might have had several or you might have changed your mind since and be like, if I come again one more time, it's going to be it. this. Yeah. I came out to Dangerous a couple of times by Conroy Smith. Dangerous. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's a proper, that yeah. needs to be on any boxing yeah. playlist, actually. That's a tune. I came yeah. out to Welcome to Jam Rock by oh. Damian Marley. That's a tune. Yeah. Curtis, thanks so much for your time. Thanks amazing. for having me on, guys. Lovely. Thanks, guys. How about that then, Declan? How about that, George? Curtis Woodhouse, B-E-M is now an ECM. He shared his fantastic story, his highs and lows, his ups and downs. What a rewarding finish, you know, to hear from him himself creating a dream of becoming a British champion and then going out and fulfilling it. Uh, we're thankful for him for coming in and sharing. Now, obviously, he's an Elite Club member by virtue of sitting in the, the chair and spilling the beans, but say you hadn't had the opportunity yet and you wanted to be considered an ECM, what would you um, what you have to do these days, George? We would love to be able to record one of these episodes with every one of our listeners. There's hundreds of thousands of millions of them, so but there's not enough favourable time in this dimension for it. So the next best thing is for them to hit the follow button in their podcast app. That will make them an Elite Club member and ECM. You also might be inclined to get in touch like um, everyone else did, like Callum Jones did and like Gareth Robertson did and like the Sweet Pug does. What's the handle they're after, George? Yep, the handle is GG Boxing Club and that's on all the socials. Uh, and if you want any more information or is any sort of, if you, if you fancy a link somewhere in the GGBC sort of realm, you can go on our Twitter page, you know, in the bio, there's a link tree, you can click on that you'll get yourself uh, a nice little link that takes you to many things, one being the merch. The merch is flying out. It's, I mean, we've had to restock it several times, but the merch, I think currently up up for sales. We still, have we got prints? Prints probably all gone. We had our limited prints. We are absolutely roasting our cobblers off in these hoodies day in, day out. So we need to get some, some tees, maybe some string vests, um, <laughs> GG string vests. They'll be coming soon on that link tree. What can they find, Declan? Oh, so on the tree of links, as well as the merch and everything else, you can find our playlist the ring walk on spotify and if you have any thoughts and want to tell us what your ring walk tune would be get us on the socials or you can email us at ggboxingclub at crowdnetwork.co.uk if you don't fancy listening to this podcast with adverts you can listen ad free on amazon music whoa and we're back on friday george aren't we it's a big moment we are we're back friday for a seeing stars episode and we've got none other than the brilliant jack wilshire so if you like your football, if you like Jack Wilshire, do not miss this one. Friday, baby. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.